Hi, this is Sean, the producer of the Hire Yourself podcast, and today we have a bit of a different episode for you. Instead of a new episode, we're giving you kind of a greatest hits. We have three episodes from our back catalog quite far back, uh, two from July and August of 2019 and one from the beginning of last year. And the first two are when we were doing our very short, quick episodes where you would hear me ask a question and then Nat and Pete would talk about them. And so the first one you're going to hear with my question is, what type of franchises are out there? And the next one you'll hear in that sh- of those short ones is, how do I know franchising is not for me? And then the final longer episode from the beginning of January of last year was a goal-setting episode. And the guys asked me to incorporate this one in because it's January this year, and they still feel that goal-setting is incredibly important. And this episode is a great way for you to learn how they goal-set and how it has made them successful. We'll be back next week with a new episode, and we hope you enjoy this week's Greatest Of. What are the different kinds of franchises out there? That's a great question. So when we talk about franchising, I get up and I speak about franchising, people always go, Subway, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts. What I tell people is that franchising is touching every aspect of our life right now. And I use the example in my book, Hire Yourself, where Essentially, if you get up in the morning and you go to a gym to work out, yeah, that's most likely a franchise. And if you go and after that workout, you get a cup of coffee, yeah, that's probably a franchise. And you stop off and get your dry cleaning, yeah, that's probably a franchise. And then, oh, by the way, you get your oil changed on the way home, uh, yeah, that's a franchise. You pick up your kids, take them to a martial arts class, yeah, that's a franchise. You have a sub sandwich after, uh, yeah, that's a franchise. You get home and somebody's washing your windows at your house, yeah, that's a franchise. So franchising is in every aspect of our lives, but people mostly think of food, but it is touching many, many other areas of our life. What we try to do at Hire Yourself is we try to go upstream and find franchises that are up and coming. By the time someone's asking me about Orange Theory, you know, there's about 2,000 Orange Theories in the U.S. And the only way to get or own an Orange Theory is actually to go international at this point. So at Hire Yourself, we we spend a lot of time trying to find up and coming or emerging brands. And that way you are able to have your business in your desired geography or zip codes versus having to relocate. There's so many different kinds of franchises you just mentioned. What are the, are there big categories of franchises? And so when you think about franchising, the the simplest way is there's two basic business models. There's service-based franchises, which are a lot of times are kind of truck-based. So you grow that by sales. So senior care is a good example, painting, house cleaning, all those are good examples. You might have a small office. Think of, I say, a truck or a crew going to a business or home and providing a product or service. So they may come to my business and wash my windows. They may come to my home and wash my windows. So there are service-based franchises, and then there are facility-based concepts. So think of that strip mall down the street, 2,000 square feet. They converted into a place where I could get my hair cut if I had hair. Uh, I could get a sub sandwich. Uh, I could take a Pilates class, get a massage, or get an oil change. So you have service-based franchises, and then you have facility-based franchises are the two basic categories. And then it splinters from there from a standpoint of all the different types of franchises I could put in the facility or all the different products or services I could go out and provide to businesses or homes. There's light retail. So light retail could be haircutting, fitness, things like that. There's also heavy retail, which we don't do too much with just because a lot of our executives don't really have the appetite to you know, write a check for one to three million and do a lot of construction. Examples of that might be a McDonald's or Panera drive-through where you know, they're looking for experienced operators and real estate developers. 
And then there's also coaching consulting, which I've seen a lot of guys have success with. How do I know franchising isn't for me? Yeah, I love that question, Sean, because uh, it's kind of a hot topic for Pete and myself. So a lot of times, you know, I've gotten guys that literally, you know, they're, they should be retiring, right? But they actually don't have any money saved. And they're like trying to figure out how to make some more money um, and all that. So, you know, honestly, in that scenario, it's probably not the best candidate just because they don't, A, they don't have money to to invest and B, they don't have time on their side at this point. Um, I don't know, Pete, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think that's one part of it is that they're just, it'd be too risky for them to invest yeah. in a franchise. Uh, but I think the other thing is, is that you get people that are very risk averse mm -hmm. and they just, they can't get to the point where as they go through the process that they can't make the decision to invest in the business. And if you can't make the decision to invest in a business, most likely you're, it's going to be a very painful experience for you being a business owner because owning a business is about making decisions and then executing those decisions. And so if, if you can't get past the idea of writing a check and signing an agreement for 10 years and going off and, and building a business, if you can't make that decision, then that it, most likely that's a precursor to that is probably not the right path for you. Like I think a leading indicator is having been successful in other areas of your life um, up till now and being decisive is actually always a huge indicator of success. So somebody, you know, they're, they're not afraid to make the decision. It's, we call it a leap of faith. You're never going to have 100% of the information before you pull a trigger on a franchise. So you're always going to you know, feel a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit, little bit of anxiety. <laughs> it's kind of like buying your first house and you're signing that mortgage. It's, you know, it's, a big, it's a big step. And you have to be confident that you, because you know, it really comes back to you, your success is going to be largely dependent on you being able to do what it takes to be successful. And I think success from other things, as Nat said, translates into being a business owner. Exactly. So I've got the successful uh, traits or habits that allows me to transfer them from having that corporate job where I know how to run things to running my own business. And so if you've got those things, that is very helpful. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about goal setting. Goal setting is a, uh, you know, it's that time of the year, Nat, to talk about goal setting. It's uh, one of the most important things you can do. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about goal setting from the standpoint of maybe personally. We'll start with personally, and then we'll kind of maybe talk a little bit about businesses. So, Nat, I was getting ready for this, uh, this podcast, and I was thinking back in college, I was very fortunate to be involved in this uh, business uh, class. Uh, and it was a leadership class. And one of the things we did is we listened to Zig Ziglar videos at that time. And he talked about in this video goal setting, and they used a study of Harvard graduates. And these Harvard graduates, they, they tracked them. So after they left, they basically kind of followed them for a period of time. And what they found is, is that the graduate, basically 84% of the graduates, they followed them for 10 years, 84% of the graduates, they didn't set goals when they left, left school, right? 13% of them had set goals, but really no concrete plans. And then basically only 3% had written goals with concrete plans. 10 years later, the 13% of the class that basically 
had written plans, uh, they had accumulated twice as much money as the 84% of the class that didn't have goals. Now, here's the kicker, right? The 3% of the class that had actually set goals and put plans in place, they had 10 times as much as the remaining 97 and that has always stuck with me throughout my life. Uh, I've always been a goal setter. You do you set do you set goals every year? Yeah, I love setting goals. I feel like I read a book a long time ago by Darren Hardy, The Compound Effect, and it just is amazing. Like if you're able to set goals and just be consistent day in and day out, like the compound effect is kind of that that penny doubled concept, right? So ultimately, where you end up can just be radically different than other people that are just kind of uh, living day to day and and not planning on what they're, you know, not being intentional about their life. So I definitely um, love taking a little bit of time, especially this time of year with, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, feel like you get a little bit of headspace, a little bit of breathing room to kind of sit down and and think about what you want to accomplish. Speaking about sitting down and knowing what you want to accomplish, uh, my kids, even at a starting age, I would make them, you know, kind of that December time frame. we would sit down and I would make them write out goals. <laughs> they might be <laughs> seven years old uh, or 10 years old, but I wanted to get them into the, the habit of creating goals, but more importantly is putting a plan in place to implement that. One of the things that I've used over the years when it comes to goal setting um, is Darren Hardy. And you know, I'm a big fan of his and I've read the compound book and uh, compound effect uh, book uh, probably 10 times. I've given out probably 500 copies of it. I love that book. But one of the uh, tools that I use that Darren has available is kind of living your best life ever. And it's a great way to one, set your goals. But number two is to track uh, your actions against those on a, on a weekly, ba- daily and a weekly basis. Uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, had a chance to use that uh, living your best year ever. Uh, program, but it is a great way in terms of goal setting. Yeah. I like to um, also kind of that concept of having that gratitude journal. So, you know, as you're, you know, every day just taking a couple few minutes and kind of writing down what you're thankful for, I think that helps kind of mentally change you. It helps you mentally, you know, come from a different perspective as you're having more gratitude about, you know, just for the people in your life and the opportunities and your health and a lot of these things that we maybe take for granted. I think that helps kind of, I, I found that happiness is actually a little bit more in the journey even versus, you know, you might have like this goal, Oh, I'm going to accomplish all this. I'm going to buy a a Porsche or something like that. What I've learned is that it's the happiness is in the journey, not, you know, getting the Porsche in this example, because that's just, that's going to, leave you feeling empty. So I love kind of that, that gratitude journal. I think you might've been the one that kind of turned me on to that because you, you do that quite a bit, don't you? Well, well, it's funny. I'm kind of chuckling here because I gave all my kids uh, gratitude journals (laughs) and I, you know me, I'm always doing stuff like that, but I gave them all gratitude journals. I gave them a list of daily gratitude morning affirmations, right? So trying to teach them um, that gratitude is one. If you, if you really study gratitude, it's tied to success, right? People that live with gratitude uh, tend to be more successful. And the point you made earlier, they're happier. So 
will want my kids to be obviously happier and, and more grateful for what they have. And goal setting, I think the idea is keeping them focused on what's important to them. And to your point, goals isn't necessarily that new Porsche. It's about, hey, listen, I want to be able to lose this much weight or I, I want to get to this grad school or, or whatever it may be. And it is very much the journey uh, from that standpoint. You know, one of the things, Nat, when I think of goal setting, there's all kinds of different programs out there. Those those smart goals, uh, you know, where you, you want to go out there and kind of leverage a, a system. One of the things that I always recommend to people is go read about uh, smart goals. Uh, it's kind of a great way to structure your goals if you don't use something like Darren Hardy's program. Go find something that helps you learn how to do goals the right way because goals uh, done the wrong way, they don't get you anywhere. But goals done the right way with a system that incorporate, hey, what is specifically you're trying to do? Is it measurable? You know, that kind of stuff. Those are really important things when we're setting goals. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> I remember um, in years past, we would actually have a New Year's Eve's party with friends and maybe there would be like six or eight other people there. And uh, we would write down our um, our goals and we'd put them in an envelope and then we'd open them up uh, the next year to kind of see how we were doing. There's example, good examples of smart goals, but also example, good examples of goals that were not smart. So I think over the years we have, you know, it's important to be very specific and, and, and all that with the, the goals. Make them smart. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting, right? So when you talk about goal setting, and, and most people do their goal setting right around the uh, beginning of the, you know, or the end of the the prior year or the beginning of the new year, right? So, but it's kind of crazy. So, like if people make New Year's New Year's Eve resolutions or or goals, right? They say that only eight uh, percent of people achieve their New Year's Eve goal, right? Uh, wow. Only 64% of them uh, make it a month with theirs. Uh, 46% make it uh, six months. And again, only 8% make it make it all the way. So it really kind of tells you to, to set up the goals the right way so that you have a pretty good chance of success so you don't fall off the bandwagon uh, early. Yeah, and I don't remember if we talked about what SMART goals are, but SMART basically, the S stands for specific, the M stands for measurable, the A stands for attainable, the R stands for realistic and the T stands for timely. So if you can kind of nail that for your goals, then it makes it, you know, then you can actually know that you're being successful because uh, you have a more quantified, I guess. Absolutely. So we understand the importance of goals as individuals, but both of us are business owners, right? And I've worked for big corporations. We had our annual business plan, certainly from a small business standpoint, uh, it's important to have your business plan, which is your annual goal setting or your objective setting. So tell me, I mean, you've, you've owned what, eight different types of businesses. Tell me a little bit about goal setting or business planning that you do uh, annual basis for your businesses. I feel like that's always something I'm trying to get better at, to be honest. This year, we had a, a fairly good breakthrough year with my senior care company. We took the company through a um, process um, based on the book Traction by Gina Wickman. And it actually transformed our company. A lot of it is probably common sense for a lot of people, but it's just taking time to you know, define, you know, what the company does, define the different roles that, that have to, or the different job descriptions, you know, just define what needs to be done at the business. 
and then finding it's kind of that i guess to back up it's kind of like get the right people on the bus and then get them in the right seats on the bus so you know we actually ended up firing some people ended up hiring some people tightened up job descriptions everybody has smart goals now we'd have weekly meetings and what's been actually really fun is that we really have accelerated our growth like after going through that process we were able to in the next 3 months grow more than we had in the previous 12 months and a lot of it just was because the right people were doing the right job and had the right smart goals and so they knew how what they're being held accountable for and then i we kind of started this process where uh, i kind of liked the fact that we were able to accomplish so much in in 3 months or 13 weeks so now <laughs> i'm not sure the team loves this but now we basically are like every 13 months we're going to try to accomplish as much as you know normal people would expect to do in 12 months so we're accelerating it's almost like a 13 week year is kind of the concept that we're starting starting on now um getting a little bit more aggressive and we're actually it, having set these goals we're really hitting them and it's 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 a lot of fun so that traction program or the traction book it sounds pretty powerful Yes, it's um I think it's especially good for kind of you know the smaller smaller businesses, franchise businesses, you know, I know you know guys that are coming from corporate and I never really had that fortune, you know, 100 corporate background. So, you know, that is a little bit different animal, you know, when you're when you're doing main street business, you know, it's a little bit smaller, you're trying to build a team, it might be a team of, you know, three people, it might be a team of 10 people. Um, but you know, it's not hundreds and hundreds of people. So it's really important to take a little bit extra time and, you know, make sure that you're, you're, you have the right people doing the right jobs. Yeah. I, when I was in the corporate world as a senior level executive, one of the frustrating parts about business plans is I was given the number. So it was like, here's the number you're going to achieve and now put a plan together. And I think it actually should work the other way, right? Is this is what we plan to do. This is the, the outcome from a standpoint, but we, you know, it was, a lot of times an artificial objective. There was no way you were creating stuff that you just knew that wasn't going to do it. One of the things when I started my business is um, I hired a business coach. And one of the things I got from the business coach was this idea of putting together a business plan. And it's much more interactive and, and much more personalized when it's your own business, right? And he kind of took me through what would be kind of a 10 plan. Basically, you come up with 10 things that would drive your business, 10 things to work on, like 10 marketing things uh, that would all drive your business. And then it would all basically you'd have plans in place for each of the 10 things and you'd know exactly what those were going to deliver or what you hope they would deliver. And I've used that for what the ten, last 10 years and it has been absolutely amazing. And oh, I heard um, Bill Belichick used a, uh, a famous quote, right? Is that, you know, the other day he was talking a little bit about, Hey, the plan, putting together the plan for a game. Uh, you know what? That's, that's uh, really important. That's, uh, that's good. But, the minute the battle or the game starts, then it's worthless, right? We we have to adjust. And, and I think that's the important of goal setting is you, you have your plan in place and then you have to adjust. And maybe a program like Traction allows you to continue to to modify, adjust your course so that you do achieve your, your business goals. Yeah. I think when you own your own business, the, um, you know, the buck stops here. So it's like you are responsible. So that's, that cuts, that's a double-edged sword, right? There's really nowhere to hide as the owner, but also then when, you know, you're able to grow your business, that feels really good. And, you know, it's just a huge sense of accomplishment. I also like, it's been a great year for 
us it's just as far as being able to mentor some employees and kind of see them grow into the new opportunities and all that. So I think that that's a big, a big part of it too. I love having my own business. I love um, kind of mentoring, mentoring people and seeing them grow and um, learn, learning new things every day. Do you have uh, scorecards? So for example, you, do you track uh, your team members against their, their goals uh, from that standpoint, have something that's kind of measurable that you, you review with them on a regular basis? Yeah, part of that traction process was actually come up with a weekly scorecard. And then we have a weekly meeting. So it's been a very effective uh, management tool for me. Each person knows you know, what their number is. And then at that meeting, they either say plus or minus. And so we know, and then the scorecard either turns green or red. So it gives us some leading indicators of kind of our, our KPIs or what have you. It was interesting because a couple of weeks ago, like everything was red. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, the sale, like stuff started slowing down uh, two or three weeks later. But we knew when it was all turning red on the scorecard that, you know, and we caught, we were able to catch that really within a week or two that, you know, the salesperson needed to do more, more uh, sales calls. The uh, HR person needed to do more recruiting and hiring and training. And uh, we got everything back on target pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about goal setting for personally as well as from the business standpoint. One of the things that, whether it's personally or business wise, and the reason I brought up the scorecard is because, like, when I I told you I made my kids uh, create personal objectives and my business objectives. Uh, if you if you ask me to pull out of my wallet, I have I always carry my my goals with me. I have a I shrink it down to this little almost like business card size thing, right? So that I always have my goals with me, so that I own them, and I tried to incorporate that with my kids. Uh, you know, uh, they have them on their nightstand and stuff like that. But the idea is is that whether it's your personal goals or your business goals, is to to keep them in front of you and be in they're uh, present opposed to putting them in a drawer and coming back to them six months or 12 months later and go, Holy cow, I, I didn't, I didn't achieve what I was supposed to do. Yeah. I think there's definitely kind of that um, concept. It's like um, when you set goals and you have them in front of you, you start seeing solutions to, to how to get there. You know, I, I've heard in the past kind of that concept of like um, if you, for some reason you start thinking about tests, you know, like as an example, of putting something on your radar is like, say you start thinking about Teslas, oh, I want to buy a Tesla. And then all of a sudden you start to see them everywhere. That's kind of a, an example of like, when you think about like, oh, okay, I want, you know, one of my goals is, you know, this X, Y, Z this year, then all of a sudden you start seeing solutions to that goal everywhere, just because it's kind of on your mind or you're kind of, you have your radar on for it. So bottom line is goals are important. If if you want to get somewhere, you got to have goals and it's very important to, to make them measurable and trackable, all that kind of stuff and to, to follow them. So whether it's your personally or business, it, that is one of the keys to, I believe, success. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people working, you know, that working with us this year in 2020, I think one thing, you know, just making a goal to kind of stick with, you know, Go through the process and learn about franchising, I think is a great goal. Most people are kind of able to go through that process in like a 60 to 90 day window. And then they, you know, they're kind of strengthening those franchise muscles and learning about the different opportunities that are out there. And um, they meet a lot of interesting people and and, uh, learn a lot of things that they maybe wouldn't have thought about. Yeah. And then when they have their business, they have to have goals uh, 
or for the business plan, right? Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.